Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So continuing the reading of Canto 6, Chapter 5, entitled Narad Muni, Cursed by Prajapati Daksha. Ab Baksha Katachin Masan Ab Baksha Katachin Masan Ab Baksha Katachin Masan Katichid Vayu Bojana Katichid Vayu Bojana Katichid Vayu Bojana Abaksha Katichin Masan Katichid Vayu Bojana Aradhayan Mantram Imam Aradhayam Matra Imam Aradhayam Matram Imam Abhyasyanta Ridaspatim Abhyasyanta Ridaspatim Abhyasyanta Ridaspatim Radayam Matram Imam. I miss something. Radayam Matra Imam. Abhyasanta Ridaspatim. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya Purushaya Mahatmane Purushaya Mahatmane Purushaya Mahatmane Om Namo Narayanaya Purushaya Mahatmane Vishuddha Sattva Dishnaya Vishuddha Sattva Dishnaya Vishuddha Sattva Dishnaya Maha Hangsaya Dimehi Maha Hangsaya Dimehi Maha Hangsaya Dimehi Vishuddha Sattva Dishnaya Maha Hangsaya Dimehi Abhaksha Katichin Masan Katichid Vayupojanaha Radhayam Matram Imam Abhyasyantari Daspatim Om Namo Narayanaya Purushaya Mahatmane Vishuddha Sattva Dishnaya 
Mahahangsaya Dimahi Abhaksha Katichin Masan Katichid Vayupojanaha Aradayam Mantram Imam Abhyasyantari Daspitim Om Namo Narayanaya Purushaya Mahatmane Vishuddha Sattva Jishnaya Mahahangsaya Dimahi The future is very bright for this temple when you have such wonderful children who are eager to hear and chant about the Lord. Not only for this temple, but for actually ISKCON also, because the children, they're our future. And if the children are eager to hear and chant, then we're doing well. Yeah? But if they're not eager to hear and chant, then Prabhupada, he, he, um, I, in classes he made this point quite often, that if the Krishna consciousness movement is not spreading, it's the fault of the preachers because the preachers are not inspiring people to hear and chant. Because by hearing and chanting about the glories of the Lord, this is how we purify our heart and this is how we you know, uh, pr progress in Krishna consciousness. So if the children are eager to hear and chant, this is a very good sign. And so, very good. Abhaksha, drinking only water. Kachichit masan, for some months. Katichit, for some. It's very interesting. It specifically says here, Katichin Masan. Masan means months, or Masa means month. So for some months, so not very long, only for a short period of time. Vayu Bojanha, merely breathing, or eating air. I'm not sure if I'd find that very palatable. Or satisfying. Aradayan worshipped. Mantra imam. This mantra, which is non different from Narayan. Abhyasyanta practicing. Idampatim the master of all mantras. Lord Vishnu. Om, O Lord, Nama, respectful obeisances, Narayanaya, unto Lord Narayana, Purushaya, the Supreme Person, Mahatmane, the exalted super soul, Vishuddha Sattva Jishnaya, who is always situated in the transcendental abode. Mahangsaya, the great swan-like personality of Godhead. Dimehi, we always offer. So here, the, uh, the mantra that the, the uh, Shavalashas is being described. This is also, my understanding is this mantra is also chanted by the Hayashvas as well, and they practice similar processes of, of austerities. 
Translation, for a few months, the sons of Prajapati Daksha drank only water and ate only air. Thus, undergoing great austerities, they recited this mantra. Let us offer our respectful obeisances unto Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is always situated in his transcendental abode. Since he is the Supreme Person, Paramahansa, let us offer our respectful obeisances unto him. Responsively, please. For a few months, the sons of Prajapati Daksha drank only water and ate only air. Thus, undergoing great austerities, they recited this mantra. Let us offer our respectful obeisances unto Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is always situated in his transcendental abode. Since he is the Supreme Person, Paramahansa, let us offer our respectful obeisances unto him. So this is what you call extreme austerities. Anyone here think they'd be satisfied or capable of doing this, just drinking water? and eating air. I remember in 2019 I was in hospital and I, I had to fast. Um, no food, no water, because they, they wanted to do tests and if I had things in, in, my, in my stomach they wouldn't be able to you know, see things properly. And I, I think it was like five or six days. No food, no water. Up to day three I was doing okay. After that I was starting to get a bit kind of like, I'm hungry here. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, you know, um, doing this for some months. Yeah. No food, no water. Or just, uh, sorry, no food, just, just water and air. But they were satisfied. And this is the, the uh, indication of someone who's, who's transcendentally evolved, is they're actually satisfied doing this. Uh, and therefore they're able to persist with it. I'll read Prabhupada's purport. From these verses, it is apparent that the chanting of the, of the Maha Mantra or Vedic Mantras must be accompanied by severe austerities. In Kali Yuga, people cannot undergo severe austerities like those mentioned herein. Why is that? Why can't we under, undergo these austerities? Huh? We're short-lived. Do you know the verse? Manda sumanda matayo, manda bhagya hi The people in this age, they're, they're short-lived, they're quarrelsome, they're lazy, unluck, uh, unlucky, misguided, and above all, always disturbed. This is the nature of people in this age, always disturbed. And if they haven't got something happening that's sort of gratifying their senses or, or entertaining them, their disturbance increases. Very, very important that you know, that, um, to understand the nature of people in this age. Uh, yeah, people cannot undergo severe austerities like those mentioned herein. Drinking only water and eating only air for many months. One cannot imitate such a process. But at least one must undergo some austerity by giving up four unwanted principles, namely illicit sex, meat eating, intoxication and gambling. Anyone can easily practice this tapasya and then the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra will be effective without delay. One should not give up the process of austerity. 
If possible, one should bathe in the waters of the Ganges or Jamuna, or in the absence of the Ganges and Jamuna, one may bathe in the water of the sea. This is an item of austerity. Our Krishna Consciousness Movement has therefore established two very large centers, one in Vrindavan and another in Mayapur, Navadvip. There one may bathe in the Ganges or Jamuna, chant the Hare Krishna mantra, and thus become perfect and return back home, back to Godhead. This, um, this point of austerity, and Prabhupada was talking about, you know, in this age, it's not uh, possible to engage in the severe austerities. I remember there's a story, uh, Prabhupada was in, in Mayapur, and he was heading out, uh, not Mayapur, sorry, Vrindavan, and he was heading out on his morning walk. And um, one of the devotees wanted to, you know, there's, you know, as normal when Prabhupada went on his morning walks, many devotees would, would go with him on his walk. So then uh, one of the devotees just ran out, um, you know, to, to be with Prabhupada. And he, di he didn't, didn't, you know, he didn't have time to get his shoes. And then so, it was Gurudas actually. And, and so Prabhupada said, oh, where are your shoes? And he said, Shura Prabhupada, when I'm with you, I don't need any shoes. I just, you know, I can, you know, walk anywhere and I don't need to do this. And Shura Prabhupada said, there are already enough austerities in, in, in this world. Go get your shoes. So, so, so Prabhupada was saying, like, like, just the fact of living in this material world is very austere. It's very difficult, you know, especially for someone who's taken to the transcendental path. They find so many difficulties in this age. You know, there's, there's birth, there's death, there's old age disease, there's heat, there's cold. You know, uh, you know, there's, there's insects biting you. There, there's, there's, you know, so many challenges. And, we, we, you know, and we're experiencing... As Kali Yuga progresses, you're going to see that these difficulties are going to increase and they're going to get more and more difficult. I remember, uh, just to give a, a quick example, when I, when I was young, uh, I was living in Noble Park with my relatives and uh, um, they had a friend who was 35 years old and he got cancer. And everyone was shocked because he was so young and he got cancer. Because it used to be like cancer was something old people got. But now we find, how old are people when they're getting cancer? Sometimes they're even born with cancer. You know, children are born with cancer. So we're seeing, as Kali Yuga progresses, and then there's more and more horrible diseases, you know, they, they, they had, you know, it used to be just colds and things like that. But now you find that there's all sorts of... Like coronavirus, yes, very good. Uh, and this, this is just the beginning, you know, uh, coronavirus is just, you know, another type of flu virus, you know, it's a, a similar sort of a thing. But we're finding, uh, and, and it used to be that the flus would come and you get sick, but then they get more and more virulent and more and more difficult to treat. And so this is, you know, Prabhupada would, would, would often say, don't be surprised that there's calamities in, in, this, in the material world, because this is the place of calamity. You have to expect that there's just going to be one calamity after the next, after the next, after the next. It's just, that's where we are. It's just like, you know, if you go to the hospital, right, what do you find in hospital? Sick people. Don't be surprised. That's where they go. So same here in this material world. Don't be surprised if in this material world you have to deal with calamities because this is the place of calamity. Yeah? It's just normal for this place. So... So we don't need to uh, be practicing austere austerities because there's already enough austerities in this age. Now, here, I just wanted to go back to the, uh, the previous verse. 
because uh, actually two verses um, we see in in um, where is it? So we see in the previous verse, it mentions here that says, Tad upashparshanat eva. And I didn't want to sort of get into this too much, but just it mentions here that upashparshanat means regularly touching water. So this is, you know, the part of the Asterius performing. The second group of sons perform penance in the same way at first. They bathe in the holy rivers and touched, and, and it, it's touched. And sorry, by its touch, all material desires in their hearts were cleansed away. They murmured mantras beginning with Omkara and underwent austerities. And then we see in this verse, for a few months, the sons of Prajapati Daksha drank only water and ate only air. Thus, undergoing great austerities, they recited this mantra. So, and we see if we go back to uh, verses 4 and 5, the same thing. It says, Tat Upasparshanad Eva Vini Dutta Malay Shaya. In that holy place, the, the Hayashras began regularly touching the lake's waters and bathing in them. Gradually, become very much purified, they became inclined towards the activities of the Paramahamsas. So this, what does touching water mean? You just go down, you touch the water? Huh? What does it, what does it mean? To touch the water. We see, okay, another example. Huh? No. That's a good idea, but there's more to it than that. We see that in, in, in the Maha, you read the Mahabharata. Who's read Mahabharata here? Especially the, the Dronapava, Bhishmapava, all these sections here are there. What are they? What are they uh, we, we see there, this, this is the war, right? And we see when, 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 it, when the Kshatriyas, when they're preparing to fire their arrows, what did they do? They touched water. It describes how they touched water. This means Archiman. They're sipping water for purification. So we can see here that the process of purification is being indicated by, you know, I mean, of course, I remember listening to a lecture many years ago uh, by His Holiness Sri Dandanamaraj, and it was based on the um, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And he was making the point there that, uh, if you, has anyone here read Yoga Sutras, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras? A little bit. It's a very interesting book. And there's actually a book by Edwin Bryant. A devoted, uh, he's actually a disciple of Prabhupada, but he, he uses his, his uh, passport name, Edwin Bryant. And it's, he's translated Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, but from the perspective of a Gaudiya Vaishnav. So when you look at this, you can actually see the concepts are the same as the Bhagavad Gita. But they don't, it doesn't mention so much detail because, uh, as Sri Dhanamaraj pointed out in his lecture, on, on his lecture series on, on the Yoga Sutras, is that people of that age understood the culture. They understood, you know, you're not the body, all this, this. They didn't have to talk about this sort of stuff. But if you see the concepts that are being discussed there, it's the same as the Bhagavad Gita. So here we see, you know, it's just touching, it's just mentioning he touched water. But if you understand the culture, if you understand the practice of someone performing yoga, we'll see that they, they uh, were performing various acts for purification before they chanted the mantra. And when, you know, in spiritual activities, you, you find that generally a spiritual practitioner will perform act, acts of purification before they engage in the practice. Just like, you know, we, we rise in the morning. What's the first thing we do? Huh? Hare Krishna. Yeah? You chant the holy name or, or, or you, you offer obeisances to Guru. This is the first thing we do when we wake up. Why? 
Because, you know, when you're sleeping, the mind is wandering. I mean, I, I talk about my mind. You're probably all very pure in your dream of Radha Balava and Prabhupada and things like that. My mind wanders all over the universe, yeah? and, and, you know, mostly down Patala Loka and places like that. But uh, the mind wanders everywhere, and, and oftentimes the consciousness is contaminated by these dreams. Sometimes you can have some very unpalatable dreams, and this really affects your consciousness. So the first thing you do is you snap that consciousness back into reality by you know, uh, connecting with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So you offer obeisance to the Guru, you chant the holy names. Then what do we do? We bathe. We bathe. And so when we bathe, there's also certain um, types of processes we go through. It's not just like you go have a shower and walk out. No, we, we clean our teeth. We, you know, if, you, if you have to shave, you shave your face. You do all these things before bathing. You know, if you have to cut your fingernails, you do that before bathing because, you know, these things are considered to be contaminating. So if you cut your fingernails after you bathe, then you have to bathe again. Or if you brush your teeth, because when you, when you brush your teeth, then, then saliva may come out of the mouth, get, you know, like, so it's okay, because the, the hands up to the forearms, this is okay. If they get, if they touch unclean things, they don't become, you don't become contaminated. But if the upper part of the body, if any um, contaminants fall on the upper part of the body, then you have to bathe. And particularly things like saliva, mucus, uh, stool, urine, things like that. If they fall on the upper part of the body, then you have to bathe fully. If they fall on the lower part of the body, just simply washing the area with water and soap is con considered enough. So just like if you go to the bathroom and pass water, you don't need to bathe. If you pass stool, you have to bathe fully. But um, you know, just wash the affected area with soap and water. And then so, you know, you, 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 you might shave your head, shave your face, you know, whatever it is for the men. Of course, the ladies don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's great not having to you know, shave your head all the time. And then, um, you know, brush your teeth, cut your fingernails, anything like that you might have to do, go to the toilet, and then you bathe. Um, and so that's like the last thing. You, and then you put on clean clothes. And then after you bathe, you try to avoid touching unclean things, like such as beds. So it's good to make the bed before you, um, before you go to the bathroom, because beds are considered to be unclean. I remember when I lived in the Brahmacharya Ashram in London, it was really nice there. Same in Perth. Um, because there were no beds. You just had a sleeping bag and a, a, a sleeping mat. So you, you roll your bedding up in the morning and you wipe the floor, you know, clean the floor so that you know, the place where you slept was clean. But when you're living in these houses where it's you know, carpet and all this kind of stuff, it's a little bit hard to clean the floor every day. Um, so then you know, you, 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 the whole Vedic culture is focused on <coughs> sorry, purity and cleanliness <coughs> and, and, and all, the, all, all the things we do. Uh, focusing on uh, purity. And why is that? Why, why do we focus on purity? What's the point? Just so we can have a clean body? Huh? Exactly, it's very conducive, but why? Why is it conducive? It's really important to understand these things because when you understand, um, there's a nice verse in the Gita. Actually, there's two verses I can think of. In the Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna, he says, try to understand these things so other people will take it seriously. And then in, in the 10th canto, Krishna explains to Nanda Baba, you know, when, when, uh, when, they, when they, what they want to do the Indra Yagya. And, and then uh, Krishna explains to uh, Nanda Baba, he says, he says pe some people, they do, do, do these uh, religious acts, but they don't understand the benefit of it. Therefore, they don't get the fruit of the result. But if you do the act and understand the process, understand the benefit of it, then you'll get the result. 
So why do we why why do we cultivate cleanliness? Is as Priya Maharaj is saying, is so we can chant Hare Krishna. But why? How does it make it easier to chant Hare Krishna just by being clean? Because isn't isn't there you know Nehemiah Smitha? There's no rules or regulations with the holy name, huh? Mind is not disturbed. Why? How do these things help us? Huh? Yeah, but okay, they help us to cultivate the mode of goodness. This is the point. You know, because in this world we find mostly people are situated in tama and raja, yeah? passion and ignorance. In the mode of ignorance, what, what, what's, what's, the, what's the result, the ultimate result of the mode of ignorance? Hmm? Sleep, madness, your laziness, very good. You become mad. You're just habituated to sleep, you're lazy. Yeah? And what's the result of, of uh, the mode of passion? Distress. Intense distress. One becomes very distressed about the situation. And you look in this world, we see there's so many mad people. Isn't it? And it's getting, I remember, like I used to be a brahmachari here years ago. I remember every full moon, we'd have all these crazy people coming. And Gorpani was particularly, you know, a lot of crazy people would come because it's such a big full moon. Yeah? But it's just like all these crazy people would come. Yeah? Huh? Well, we, I didn't see any werewolves here, but you know, a lot of crazy people. Um, but you know, we, we see, and, and as Kali Yuga is progressing, you're, you're, going to, you're going to see more and more people with mental disturbance, because that's a sign that the mode of ignorance is becoming more and more prominent. Uh, and, and so, <coughs> uh, also, you'll see people are becoming more and more distressed. You'll see, like you know, with, with these, these counselling, you know. You know, these different counseling groups are becoming more and more prominent. There's more and more people taking up social workers and this thing and that thing. Why? Because people are more distressed. People are more, you know, they're becoming madder and madder as the age progresses. And the only way you can avoid that, the only way you can push back, is to cultivate sattvagun. And the only way practically you can do that in this age is through the process of Krishna consciousness. The, the process of Krishna consciousness is so powerful. This chanting of Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is so powerful. It's able to overcome the, the reactions to even the greatest of sins. You know, every morning, we circumvent Srimati Tulsi Devi. He says, Yani Kani Chapa Pani Brahma Hatteri Kani Cha Tani Tani Parashanti Parakshane Pare Pare. Whatever sins one has committed, even the silly killing of Brahmana, we can destroy by circumventing Srimati Tulsi Devi. But never think that you're going to circumambulate Tulsi Devi enough to, to get rid of all your sins. It just won't happen because we've been here for countless lifetimes. Um, and sin doesn't necessarily mean killing Brahmanas, which is a very sinful thing to do, or you know, raping the, the, the wife of the, the guru. A very, very sinful thing to do, extremely sinful. Um, and even it mentions that you know, the chanting of Hare Krishna it, 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 every time you chant one name of the, of the Lord, it counteracts a whole lifetime worth of sins. But the scriptures describe it says, never think you'll chant Hare Krishna enough to counteract all your sins. So that gives you a bit of an idea of um, what we've been up to over the, you know, the, 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 the last few kalpas. We've been so immersed in simple activities that um, it, it's impossible to overcome. But through the process of bhakti, through the process of getting initiated in, in, in spiritual life, all these things are just eradicated. Yeah. And it mentions that um, 
in, in the beginning of the Bhagavatam, I think it's in the second chapter, uh, um, it mentions how almost completely destroyed. Nasta That almost completely destroyed. You know, so these sins in the heart by the process of bhakti are almost completely eradicated to the point where you can actually focus on, on, on chanting the holy name. You can focus on um, the process of bhakti. So this is why we see like every morning as, as devotees, we go through these, and in one sense you can call them rituals, because they are rituals. Um, and, and you'll also see in India the act of bathing, especially, you know, uh, has anyone ever been, been driving around Calcutta? six or seven o'clock in the morning? No? Oh, you should do it something. You have, yeah? Huh? Yeah, but everywhere in Calcutta, because they, they, have, they have like, because um, like there's, there's poor people, even like poor people in Calcutta, and you'll see they have like, it, it, it's quite common in West Bengal, they have this, this water system that gets turned on at certain hours of the day. You know, um, they don't have like water on tap like we do here all day. It's just only certain hours a day, but you, you'll see like it's prominently it's, it's uh, on at six, seven o'clock in the morning. So you see everyone out there on the street with their buckets and their gumptures and the whole thing and just all you know, very religiously bathing every single morning. This is austerity. Every single morning, cold bath. They're just whatever comes out of the tap. No, no, no geezer or anything like that to heat the water up. And so <coughs> the, 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 every day they do it very religiously. And this is austerity. And this, this you know, but unfortunately... Um, they don't connect it with spiritual activities. But here we see how the, the, the Savalashtras and the, the Hariyashtras also, every day they would take their bath, every day they, they uh, perform uh, acts of purification. It's the same for us, you know, even when we do any spiritual activity, it's recommended in the scriptures before you do spiritual activities, just like for a Brahmin. How many times is a Brahmin meant to bathe a day? Which, which times? Huh? Yeah, the three Sandhyas. Why? What, do, what does a Brahmana generally do at the three Sandhyas? Jayam stuvam sandyam. What do we do at the Sandhyas? Huh? The Sandhyavandanam. Yeah, which means chanting Gayatri. So before we chant Gayatri, it's recommended that we bathe. Why? Because we're engaging a spiritual act. And it's good to purify the body to, when we engage. Because what happens is when we purify the body, the mind becomes peaceful. Therefore, you're able to meditate uh, on, on chanting Gayatri. I remember one, uh, some years ago, I was sitting down chanting Gayatri with His Holiness John Nandamaraj. And, and he, he, at the end of the Gayatri, he, he, was, he was so happy. He said, oh, I was able to focus on the Gayatri. You know? Because actually, it's the nature of the age. The mind is so disturbed that it's very, very difficult to, to focus when we chant Hare Krishna. I mean, how many of you can sit down, chant all your rounds and not be distracted? Not pick up the phone? Huh? Yeah, Priya's like <laughs> wincing at that one. You got, where's the phone? Oh, there's, there's some, you know. And you, you ever notice when you're traveling on a, a bus or a tram or something like that and someone's phone pings and everyone pulls out their phone? <laughs> yeah? But it wasn't their phone, it was somebody else's. You know? They're always, always hoping that someone's gonna send them a message. Um, so it's the nature of the age, is people are very agitated. So there are certain things you can do to assist us in becoming more purified, to assist the mind in becoming more peaceful so we can focus. And that's what we see here the Shabalashvas are doing, is they're engaging in these religious acts 
but first they purify themselves. And also, there's an interesting description in the 10th chapter, excuse me, of the Nectar of Devotion. Uh, there's a, a well-known story there uh, where there's a Brahmana in a, in a place called Prastinapur. Prastinapur is um, south sort of west side of India. Uh, there's a river there called the Godavari. So he, was, he, he used to live on the bank of the Godavari. He didn't have a house. He just lived on the side of the river, on the bank of the river. And so one day he was <clears throat> listening to the Brahmanas discussing how, because he's very, very poor, and he's listening to the Brahmanas discussing how you could worship the Lord in the mind. So he decided that he was going to do that. So he would sit, he would take bath. The first thing he'd do, even though he's doing Manasa Puja, he would take bath in the Godavari first. Then he would do Archman, bathe, dry, dress, all that sort of stuff. Then he'd do, do, do Archman, and then he'd sit down and meditate. So even in meditation, it's understood that bathing first helps to, uh, you know, st to still the mind so you can focus. And we find that, that um, another interesting story is that when Narad Muni, this is described in, in, in the first canto, when, when Narad Muni, uh, when he was a young boy, and he, he, he served the, the, the Mahabharat devotees, and then after his, his mother died, um, and he, he was left on his own, he was traveling for some time, and then he was heading north, and, and then he was very, very tired and weary, and he came upon this, this beautiful lake, and he touched the lake, he touched the water, he entered into the water, and bathed in the water, and he became very peaceful, he became very, uh, you know, settled. And then he sat down, after touching the water, entering into the water, and meditated upon the Lord. And then the Lord appeared to him. So we can see that the, the effect of water it's a very, very important element, especially in spiritual life, very, very important element. And actually all life is dependent upon water. And as Kali Yuga progresses, we're going to see there'll be less and less water, there'll be less and less rainfall. Although, you know, uh, living in, in New Govardhan, you, you would wonder if there's going to be less and less rainfall after the last few months. You know, it's just like raining and raining and raining. It's just not, never stopping. But we see what's happening. Previously, it used to be the rain was, was, was spread out quite evenly, so uh, there wouldn't be many floods. And actually, in, in, in the Vedic culture, especially when there was pious kings, that it would only rain at night when people were sleeping, so it wasn't disturbing. And I've, you know, I've had, had experiences living in places like that, a bit more sattvic, where it's only raining at night. So you, know, you, can, you can have all, all the uh, you know, production of crops and things like that, but at the same time, it's not disturbing. So, you know, like here you probably don't have so much experience of the rainfall like we have up in New Govardhan. Like you can get a, a meter and a half of rain in one day. And it's like, you know, and everything becomes like slushy like anything. So if you ever come to New Govardhan, there's two things you need. You need a pair of gum boots and you need a torch. Yeah? These things are very, very important because torch, if you're walking around at night, there's often snakes sleeping on the road. So you want to be able to see them, especially the death adders. They like to sleep on the road at night. But if you've got a torch, you're fine. And gumboots, because it rains so much. Yeah? So that's what it's like. You know? um, the, the, we find that as, as Kali Yuga is progressing, things are getting more and more messed up. And here also, um, actually, I won't go for much longer because the time's ticking away. It mentions about austerity. Um, and if we, if we go back to the fifth canto, fifth chapter, first verses, is Nayam Deho Deha Bajam Niloke Kastan Karman 
ahate vidbu jamye tapo dibyam putraka yena satvam shudyad yashvad barama sokyam tonantam. This is Lord Rishabdev preaching to his sons. Very, very beautiful verse. Uh, it describes how he says that, you know, men are not meant to live like hogs, dogs, and, 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 and these other, vidbu jamye. Vidbu jamye means um, village animals, the hogs and dogs, basically. And we see, what, what do the hogs and dogs do? They, 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 they eat abominable things, they just engage in illicit sex, or not illicit for them, it's just sex, um, all day long. And, and, and you know, they're just focused on basic, basic animal activities. And Rishab Dave, he's pointing out that, you know, this is not what human life's for. Nayam deho bajam rinoke. It's not meant for these, um, it says, tapo dibyam putrakayena satvam shudyad yashmad brahma sokyam tanantam. It says, tapo dibyam, this, this uh, tapa, austerity. One's meant to perform austerity, but what, what's the austerity for? It's tapo dibyam putrakayena. One's meant to perform austerity in order to understand the divine, to understand Krishna. So we see here the, uh, the Shavalashvas and the Hayashvas, they performed austerity, and the focus of their austerity was to understand Narayana. Their father also performed austerity, but the focus of his austerity was to have be able to have powerful sex, to be able to procreate. Different purpose, therefore different result. You know, whatever practice you follow, that's the result you'll get. So if your practice, you know, if you're chanting Hare Krishna and your focus is to get material benefits, you'll get that. But if, you're, if your focus is to achieve Krishna, you'll get that. And we see in the Gita, Krishna also points out, he says, deva deva you know, if one aspires to go to the planet of the forefathers, that's what you'll get. If you aspire to go to the planet of the devadas, that's what you get. But if you aspire to go to Krishna's planet, you'll go there. So when we're engaging in our spiritual practices, we need to be uh, careful what we're thinking about. Uh, uh, because if we allow these other thoughts to come in, we can be distracted from the process. So important to you know, keep the focus on Krishna. But then the point is being made here about they're practicing these austerities. And the point of austerities, as I was saying, is to achieve the divine, this divyam, to achieve the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, um, and as Prabhupada pointed out here, and I was mentioning earlier on, in this age, very difficult. No one practically can, can, can practice these types of austerities. People are very, very uh, unfortunate in this age, very short-lived. You know, if you look at the different ages, different durations of life, um, you know, people in, 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 in Satya Yuga, they, they live for 100,000 years and they perform meditation. But we don't have this kind of uh, facility now. Very, very short-lived, very lazy, very unlucky. But we're very blessed that in this age, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has delivered the easiest method, the most sublime method of God-realization. And simply by uh, applying ourselves effectively to this method of God-realization, then in one lifetime, we can become completely purified and understand our transcendental nature, understand the transcendental nature of the Lord and our relationship with Him and achieve perfection in that relationship and go back to Godhead. Very simple. And as Prabhupada points out here, you know, just to uh, follow the four regular principles, this is enough austerity in this age. Just to live in this world, this is enough austerity. We don't need to practice other austerities. We don't need to, you know, stand on our tippy toes with our arms outstretched. Who did that? Anyone remember who did that? Huh? Haranya Kashipu. Yeah, he stood on his tippy toes with his arms outstretched for thousands of years. So much so that um, uh, his body was eaten by termites. 
Um, we don't need to do things like that. We don't need to, you know, you know, bathe in, in cold water in the middle of winter or sit surrounded by fires in the middle of summer. We don't need to do anything of that. Just follow the process of bhakti. Follow the four regular principles. Chant the holy names. And, 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 and do, do, do devotional service. And guaranteed, you become purified and go back to Godhead. Simple process. It's simple for the simple-hearted and very difficult for the crooked-hearted. So just, you know, if we apply ourselves to this process, we will have success. So I'll finish there. Any, any questions at all? Any comments? Yes? It's so inspiring to me to see these children uh, really interested in the, in the practice of Krishna if, consciousness. If you, um, if you do Krishna consciousness, more rain, rain comes. I've heard it somewhere. Like, if you, if there's a lot of Krishna consciousness somewhere, then there's a lot of rain over there. There's a lot of what? Rain. 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 It can happen like that. Actually, I was re reading a story last night about uh, Rishi Ashringa. You, you know of Rishi Ashringa? Oh yes, yeah. even I read the Because he he um. That he, he was a, a, a very pure brahmachari, uh, Krishna conscious brahmachari. And uh, there was one king who there was no rainfall in his kingdom. And so then, then um, Rishi you know, the, the king lured Rishi Sringa to come to his kingdom. As soon as he set his first footstep into the kingdom, it started to rain. Um, and there was, uh, there's another story I can think of, I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere where there was no rain for many, many years and Prabhupada had the devotees do kirtan there. And it started to rain. At, in Hyderabad, was it? Yeah, okay. I thought it was in you somewhere. And also another time uh, when Prabhupada was a child, there was a great um, plague in Calcutta. And there was a sadhu there who organized this Na Naga Sankirtan. And so he was doing it for many, many days. And he was getting you know, thousands and thousands of people involved in this Naga Sankirtan. And then the, the, the plague broke. It was finished. So we can see the power, the power of the holy name is extraordinary. But this is not really what the holy name is about. You know, you, yes, the holy name, as Takwa Haridas point, points out, um, these are byproducts. What's the main thing you get from chanting Hare Krishna? Uh, to go back to Godhead. Love of Krishna. Yeah. It helps us to reawaken our love for Krishna. So these things will come, but they're byproducts. They're not important. Yeah? So many things will come, but the main thing is it awakens our love for Krishna. No material thing can do that. You know, we can see that, you know, you know, with medicines, they can, they can end plagues with, you know, sometimes they seed uh, the clouds with, with silver nitrate or whatever it is to get it to rain. So there's different things you can do. You can do yagyas to get it rain. So Mahamantra will do these things. But the main thing, it gives us love of Godhead and nothing else can do that. Huh? Hardy Ball. You want to give Mataji the microphone? Hare Krishna Prabhuji, um, we see that um, Narayan Muni, he instructs, uh, instructs Daksha's sons when they're doing austerities and the same with Dhruva Maharaj. But then when Daksha, he performed austerities to please the Lord, he got a benediction from the Lord. So then why didn't Narayan Muni at that time come to him and he could have instructed him to not do progeny. So like why yeah, did... Yeah. Uh, good question. You'll see here, uh, as, uh, as the chapter evolves, so what happens is, 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 is in a few verses you'll see that um, Daksha finds out about his second lot of sons. Um, 
taking to the path of, of renunciation. And then Narad Muni goes to him to preach to him because he's, he's thinking, I mentioned this uh, day before yesterday, that uh, Narad Muni goes to preach to him because he's thinking, oh, when a person's distressed, they're going to be more inclined to Krishna consciousness. But he goes to him and, and, and presents Krishna consciousness to him, but he's not interested because he's upset. He's really upset. And he feels that his plans to procreate, his desire to procreate, has been thwarted. So therefore he becomes angry at Narad Muni and curses him. So because he's very materialistically inclined, then even though Narad Muni is such an effective preacher, he, he doesn't listen. And even we see like in his previous birth, um, he also um, offended Lord Shiva. Uh, even though Lord Shiva is the greatest Vaishnavana Mitha Shambhu, he's the greatest of Vaishnavas, but uh, Daksha offended Lord Shiva so much so that he, he, um, Lord Shiva's followers were very upset about this and they, they, they cut off Daksha's head and put a head of the goat on Daksha. Um, and then Daksha, you know, seeing that, that that was actually a very degraded situation to be in, he, he gave up his birth, he gave up his body and took birth again, um, which is being described here. Um, so it seems that you know, he is particularly, even though he's a very, very powerful and elevated person, he's particularly materially inclined. But he's, he's super powerful. He, he, he gets to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead directly, but he's still his material attachments are very, very deep, very, very deep-rooted, even though he's a powerful person. Just being a powerful person doesn't mean you're Krishna conscious. Um, so he was very powerful but uh, very, very materially inclined, very, very materially attached. Therefore, it was difficult for him to, to accept Narad Muni's instructions. And rather seeing the association of such a great Vaishnava as being a blessing, he saw it as being a curse. Yes, Priya Mataji. Sorry, Prabhu, I have a couple of questions. One is in line with her question. And how do we? How does it make sense that he thwarted Daksha's plans? Is it is it fair that he did that? Because Daksha got the benediction to do it. Wasn't he interfering? That's his devotional service, right? Because Krishna said, do, "Lord said, do this." So isn't that f wrong? Or <laughs> how do we make sense that that was okay? Yeah, um, it's just like with with. with um, Brahma, you know, when he was, he was creating progeny, then he had four sons called the Kumaras, Sanat Kumar. And, and also, he wanted them to create progeny, but they were actually quite elevated. And so they, they saw the futility of it. And, and yes, it, it is a higher consciousness to understand the futility of this. But not everyone has evolved consciousness. Not everyone sees that. So Narad Muni's business is just to go around the universe and, and inspiring people to take to Krishna consciousness. This is the higher path. This is definitely the higher path. So, so he was doing the right thing. Also, Daksha was doing the right thing because he was doing his service. But the Hayashras and the Shavalashras, they were more advanced spiritually. Therefore, the instructions of, of Narad Muni were meaningful to them and therefore they were able to take to this path. So, but, Sorry. Uh, wasn't it against the order of the Lord in one sense? Because like, the Lord told him, you create, and Narad Muni was kind of disrupting that order, the Lord's plan, Lord's order. Yes and no, um, because uh, as I'm saying, is, is Narad Muni could see the, 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 the higher reality here uh, and see the, the, the greater good. Yes, um, um, you know, uh, 
the Lord was in instructing, Brahma was instructing Daksha to create, create progeny. But it's not, it's just like, you know, one may have children. Uh, just like, okay, give you an example of, of Advaita Acharya. He had six sons. Three sons were devotees, three sons were non-devotees. So it's not that they always work out the way you want them to, you know. Um, and, and so the ones that were non-devotees, they took to material activities, and the ones that were devotees, you know, Achyutananda and his, his other two brothers became very, very um, great devotees, and actually they become branches of the tree of Chaitanya Mahavu. So with Daksha, you know, he, he had 11,000 sons who were actually, you know, inclined towards renunciation. So you have to, you have to sort of, you know, take up your, um, your, 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 you know, according to one's nature, you have to take up the process of bhakti. Whereas when he, I think he had 60 daughters later on, and, and they, they just engaged in, you know. So it's, it's not like um, Narad Muni was, was acting against the will of the Lord, because ultimately the will of the Lord is that everyone returns back to the spiritual realm. Yeah. So he was, you know, we see that Narad Muni is a great facilitator. Uh, you'll see, in, 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 and sometimes it seems like what he's doing is, is um, counterproductive to what, what needs to happen at the time. But, you know, just like we see with, um, with the, the, the sons of, of um, Devaki, the children of Devaki, like, you know, like Narayan Muni's coming and he, he's, telling, he's telling Kangsa, like, you better be careful. It could be any, any one of these. Don't believe the voice in the sky. You know, there's prophecies telling it's going to be the, the, what was the eighth son. But it could be any one that's, that's going to kill you, so you should kill them all. And, and like looking at that from the external perspective, one's thinking, oh, this is so sinful that he's telling him to do this. This is, this is just the, you know, the wrong thing to do. But actually understanding it from the higher perspective, we can understand that, that Narad Muni is simply acting to accelerate Krishna's pastimes. And also understanding that in a previous birth, the, 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 these eight personalities were, were, were Kalanami and, and what do they call the, the eight? Huh? Six, I can't remember what, there's a particular name for them. Huh? No, that's one thing, but they're, they're, they're actually persons in a previous life who, who some connection with Nishingadev and, 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 and uh, Prahlad Maharaj, I can't remember it exactly. They were brothers of Prahlad Maharaj or something like that. Um, but anyhow, so there was a pastime there that was being acted out, and, and also Narad Muni was accelerating the appearance, you know, because he wanted to see, he wanted to see the pastimes of Krishna. And, and there was a lot of suffering going on the planet. So he, he acted in a way to accelerate that, the, the, the appearance of the Lord. So, yeah, we don't always understand these things. But um, then that's what, why it's very important to read the Shastra, so we can understand the deeper purpose of what's going on there. Yes, Prabhu? Yeah, a very enlightening talk, Prabhu, um, about the bathing, uh, showering, and purifying the body. So recently there was a interfaith discussion. It was, I think, last year, August or September, I think. Then our uh, Bhakta Prabhu was saying that first thing we do in the morning that we take the cold shower. Yeah. Uh, so how many of you here take the cold shower? Can you raise your hand, please? We have one. Only one? Oh, boy. I haven't done it since I was a boy. <laughs> Then it extracted in mind that why he was saying, instead of saying the religious thing, he was saying the cold shower first. So it really strikes in my mind that why he didn't talk about the Krishna consciousness, but first thing he iterated that 
we take the cold shower. Yeah. Can you explain that one, why he is saying that? Thank you. Well, it, it, is, it is part of the tapasya we perform. And especially um, in, 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 in our younger age, you know, I remember when, when I was a brahmachari, that I also um, would, would take cold showers every day. But of course, when, when I got to Poland, that was a different thing. The water there was like really cold. It was like ice cubes coming out of the shower. So I stopped doing it in, in Poland. But um, it, it's, it's very helpful for controlling the mind and senses. Very helpful to have this regulated lifestyle cold shower. And, and also, I, I also found that it, it, it's, it's good for health as well. You're less likely to get colds and things like that. But you know, Prabhupada didn't really encourage devotees to practice extreme austerities. He, uh, you know, you, you, you practice, we definitely need to practice austerities, but austerities that are, that are, that are appropriate to our uh, level of advancement. Of course, we always need to push ourselves a little bit, but not that we're you know, performing austerities that are so extreme they cause us to have a heart attack. <laughs> but this happens, this does happen. You know, people can, ha you know, like even Srila Prabhupada, when he was in, um, in, in the US, when he was first in the US, um, he actually had a stroke. Um, in New York, and, and at that point, he was advised by the doctor not to have cold showers because he used to take cold yeah. bath every morning. Yeah, just I, excuse me, I, I discovered that, and then I found a lot of benefits if you take shower below or at 20 degrees Celsius. Physical yeah. benefits, medical benefits as well. Yeah. And then other benefit that Krishna is saying that all the dukkhas or sugars, all this come from the connection with our mind with the material or matter. Yeah. So if we can follow the austerity, then we can overcome these sensual things. And he is saying that we should withstand that. We should withstand this kind of thing because they are not permanent, they are temporary. All this sorrow and all these joys. And then I realized that actually it is true that if we take this shower and chant these mantras, then it really purifies not only the physical thing, but also the spiritual thing we are elevated into that. Yeah. And interesting thing, when I wrote an article on this, then many of our friends, they're encouraged to shower in the cold, cold water. Yeah. But then the process of bhakti is so wonderful that, you know, because when we practice these different austerities, in order to get the benefit, you have to do it for many, many years, many, many years. But the, the, the practice of bhakti is so powerful that in a very, very short time, without practicing these austerities, you'll achieve the, achieve the goal, you'll achieve the results. But these austerities can assist. So for those who have that inclination, then, it's, then it helps them. But you'll find that most people, I mean, you know, you asked how many people take cold shower and only one devotee put their hand up. So you can see that most devotees are finding these things aren't helpful. Yeah, so there's two, two devotees in this room are taking, taking cold shower. I mean, I, I, I take them sometimes at home when the electricity's out because we've got no electricity, we've got no hot water. So, you know, you just do it because you have to bathe. Hare Krishna, Narsim um, Kavacham. Uh, you were referring about the cancer in children. Sometimes it can be very malignant, like uh, rhabdomyosarcoma. Within a month, the child is dead yeah. after the diagnosis. And this, this is the... This is getting worse and worse. The nature of this age. It's a very, very difficult age. So the point, the point is, is not to get caught up in the miseries of this age, not to get caught up in austerities and things like that. 
as Mahabhu said, you know, this, this material world is not a fit place for a gentleman. That's Just finish your business as quickly as you can and get out. Yeah. Don't, don't aspire to hang around in this place. It's not a nice place. Yeah. Especially melanoma of the skin cancer. Anything, Very common. Anything. anything. You know, it, it's, like, it's like, you know, there's so many difficulties in this material world, so much suffering in this material world. You know, if you want, if you want to get an experience of suffering, just go down to accident emergency in any, any major Correct. hospital here. And look at the pictures they've got on the wall there, you know, yeah. of people who, who are maimed and disfigured and killed in car accidents. You can see there's so much suffering in this material world. Therefore, holy name is most important thing. Yeah, holy. the process of bhakti is so important. Let's just finish up our business and get out of this world as quickly as we can. So actually, I haven't got your point. You are saying that if any child, they get this kind of they disease, they get... Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll finish there. Pranthraj, Shrimad Bhagavatam ki, Samaveta Bhakti Vrindiki, Jainitai Go Premanandi, Hariyar Bo.